Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey all, welcome back to the Real Life Pharmacology Podcast. I am your host, pharmacist Eric Christensen, and I thank you so much for listening today. Uh, Definitely go subscribe at reallifepharmacology.com. Get your free uh, top 200 study guide. Uh, on the uh, top 200 drugs there. Great little resource if you're in pharmacology classes, uh, if you're in clinical practice, just looking for a little refresher. Uh, free 31-page PDF on on the things that I see, uh, as well as those things that are uh, highly testable uh, for all of you going through board exams and things like that. So uh, with that, let's get in uh, to the drug of the day today. Uh, we are talking about diphenhydramine which uh, the most commonly used brand name is Benadryl. This is a first-generation antihistamine. So long, long time ago, many, many, many years ago, um, the majority of of people would use diphenhydramine for things like uh, seasonal allergies. Now we've since had the advent of second-generation antihistamines, and the big difference there was sedation. Uh, diphenhydramine is very sedating compared to a drug like uh, loratadine, for example, which is a second-generation antihistamine. So while diphenhydramine is, has you know fallen out of favor and you don't see it used terribly often for like seasonal allergies and allergic rhinitis, I definitely still see this medication used a lot. And I would say... Uh, the number one thing I see it used for is sleep and its sedative properties. Um, it seems like a lot of the geriatric patients I work with uh, use this stuff like candy to help them go to sleep. And, and there's a lot of reasons why that shouldn't be done or we should uh, do everything in our power to avoid using this medication for sleep. And I'll, I'll talk about some of those. But um, sleep, yeah, allergic rhinitis... Um, I'll definitely see it for uh, itching that's you know not controlled by other things or it's from an unidentifiable cause. Basically symptomatic management of itching. Extrapyramidal symptoms uh, from antipsychotics and things like that or from Parkinson's disease. Uh, you will see some of the older anticholinergic uh, type medications used for that and I have seen uh, diphenhydramine used there. Um, various allergic reactions, also potentially uh, infusion-type reactions from certain medications. You may see uh, diphenhydramine used in, in combination there, uh, sometimes with like simple analgesics like acetaminophen, for example. So lots of different uses that you might see diphenhydramine used for, and, and I just covered the ones that um, I see most often. Uh, at least in in my practice here. So um, why did this medication fall out of favor? Well, I mentioned that sedative property, uh, but this drug is also listed on the Beers criteria. So this is a medication that is not 
tolerated really well in elderly patients, and there's a lot of risks associated with it. So some of those risks, confusion, which obviously in, in a geriatric patient uh, can be very problematic. And typically, most of these adverse effects are going to be dose-related. So even if you have a patient that's like, no way am I absolutely going to stop taking you know, my diphenhydramine for sleep. I'm, I'm not going to stop it. Um, there may be potential that you can say, hey, can we take 25 milligrams instead of 50 milligrams? Um, you know, can we just take it as needed or every other night or, or whatever the case may be? There's, there's plenty of different options there. But even just reducing that anticholinergic burden, I think, is, is really, really important, even if we can't get a patient off the, the medication altogether there. So uh, confusion I mentioned, um, uh, you know, fall risk associated potentially with that sedation, um, dry eyes, dry mouth, urinary retention, uh, constipation, lots of uh, troublesome adverse effects that can be caused by anticholinergics um, and particular uh, older first generation antihistamines like diphenhydramine. Now, interestingly, there is uh, reported in the literature a, a potential paradoxical effect. So basically, um, the opposite of sedation can happen in pediatric patients. I would say it's not something that I've seen in, incredibly often in you know talking with, with parents and, and that type of thing. Um, but I think it is important to, to understand that, you know, if patient reports, you know, I kid's sick or whatever, you know, that type of thing, and I gave them some Benadryl, and, you know, they didn't go to sleep at all, and they, you know, seemed like they were even more wound up. I mean, that's that's a situation where, you know, maybe that diphenhydramine caused some of those symptoms. So, again, something to look out for, um, and maybe something to alert parents to if they are giving their kids Benadryl or diphenhydramine. Um, but there again, if they're trying to give their kids <laughs> diphenhydramine or Benadryl, um, I'm definitely going to be asking a lot more questions as to um, why and what are you using for and, and all that sort of stuff. So, um, But anyway, just something to, to be aware of there. All right, so I think that's going to wrap up the first section here. I'm going to talk about uh, drug interactions and the prescribing cascade at length um, because I've got numerous examples that I, I want to share to you right uh, share with you uh, right after the the break here from our sponsor. If you're in the market for pharmacist board certification study materials, our review materials are reviewed annually and, and updated, so definitely go check those out. Uh, if you're listening to this uh, right now, we, we are ready to go for 2021 and into the, the spring and fall. Um, if you're listening to this two, three years down the road, just know that we do uh, update that content on an annual basis, usually uh, late in the year. So go check that out, uh, pharmacotherapy exam. Uh, geriatric exam, ambulatory care, MTM certification exam, uh, NAPLEX content. Definitely go check out all those resources if you're taking one of those exams. In addition to that, uh, we've got books that make great gifts uh, for students and other healthcare professionals. Um, just describing clinical thought process, case studies, uh, clinical scenarios. Again, all those links are at meded101.com slash store, S-T-O-R-E. Go check those out. Support the sponsor. 
and uh, help support this podcast and keep it free for all to enjoy. All right, so finishing up on drug interactions. First, I, I wanted to talk about the prescribing uh, cascade. So some of these are, are maybe not necessarily true drug interactions, but I want to demonstrate to you some of the things that I've seen as a practicing clinician. So, for instance, um, if you see a patient with a new diagnosis of dementia and we are adding medications for dementia, like memantine or denepazil, for example, you've got to look at that medication list, okay? Because anticholinergics are notorious so anticholinergics like diphenhydramine are notorious for causing confusion. I've seen it so many times where a patient, you know, maybe starts, uh, you know, 50 milligram dose of, of diphenhydramine, a higher dose for a geriatric patient, and uh, it increases their confusion and, and family members and uh, everybody else is wondering, oh, you know, maybe it's, you know, dementia and their symptoms are worsening now or whatever the case may be. Um but it could be from that anticholinergic effect. So think about that. When you see memory medications added, uh, make sure it's not a drug-induced cause of uh, confusion or, or memory impairment. Uh, sedation, again, another one. If you see stimulant-type medications being added, you've got to look at that medication list and make sure that we're not adding on sedative type medications or we're not experiencing adverse effects from sedative type meds like anticholinergics or uh, the situation I've run into so often is patients basically um, taking over-the-counter diphenhydramine or other sleep aids and they don't tell <laughs> a healthcare professional. They just say that they're tired all the time. Okay, so you got to do that investigative work and, and figure out if um, over-the-counters or other things are, are tripping them up. Other meds to look out for, um, so eye drops, particularly like artificial tears or restasis for dry eyes. Look at that medication list. Anticholinergics can cause bad dry eyes. Dry mouth, same thing. So if you see a saliva substitute, for example, go back and look. See if they're on any anticholinergics. Uh, if you see, uh, you know, starting of tamsulosin or increasing in dose. So again, tamsulosin is used in uh, BPH to help with urine outflow. Anticholinergics can worsen that symptom. And then, of course, constipation. If you see a lot of laxatives on board for a patient, make sure they're not on a high number of anticholinergic medications that are worsening that constipation. So um, while not necessarily true drug interactions, there's a relationship there. Um, the prescribing cascade, if you will, where you start an anticholinergic and then all of a sudden you're managing side effects from that anticholinergic like diphenhydramine with other medications. All right, so other things to think about in relation to drug interactions and, and diphenhydramine. Uh, really, the two big things are a CNS depressant effect, so adding other sedative medications. So that's really common sense. You know, your, your Z drugs like Zolpidem, uh, benzodiazepines like your Ativans and Clonopins, uh, opioids, alcohol use, all those can really uh, pile on and, and have additive uh, sedative CNS depressant type effects. And then anticholinergic burden is the other one I think of as well. So thinking about some of those anticholinergic adverse effects, 
looking at that medication list and saying, hey, which which one of these meds, one or ones of these meds have anticholinergic effects, super, super important. So um, some antipsychotics are more anticholinergics than others, uh, tricyclic antidepressants, uh, some older skeletal muscle relaxants, uh, overactive bladder drugs, um, even inhaled agents for COPD uh, could, you know, especially add to things like dry mouth, uh, potentially urinary retention. I, I have seen that. Again, it's not incredibly uh, as common with the inhaled agents because we don't get as much systemic uh, absorption typically, um, but it, it certainly can be associated there. Uh, and then IBS, you know, irritable bowel syndrome agents like um, dicyclamine, for example, has strong anticholinergic effects and could definitely add on uh, to those effects from the, the diphenhydramine. So I uh, hope that gives you some good uh, clinical practice pearls and some background on diphenhydramine. If you enjoyed the podcast today, leave us a rating, review, uh, share us with a friend, colleague, or go support the sponsor. Um, snag your free Audible book at meded101.com slash store. If you've never tried that before, um, definitely go snag one for free. Um, I've got a couple different books that are uh, six, eight, ten hours in length that you can um, listen on your commutes to work or, or wherever you're driving or exercising, whatever the case may be there. And of course, if you want to reach out to me, um, mededucation101 at gmail.com is my uh, personal email. If you got any suggestions, comments, definitely uh, feel free to, to reach out to me there. Uh, you can also find me on LinkedIn as well, Eric Christensen, uh, PharmD, BCGP, BCPS. So I thank you for taking the time to listen. Uh, take care. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.